When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to the This Life Podcast with Dr. Drew Pinsky and me, Mike Catherwood. That's right. We're doing it this time. So check it out. Thanks for listening. You live. And there we are. You live, Mike. That is the whole reason that that we have that saying that we have is because of that. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, we would have never had that discussion. About, uh, tell them briefly again. It's a scene in Boogie Nights. And uh, Mike referenced it all the time without me understanding it. I would just come into Loveline and just go, yeah. And Drew's like, what is that? Why do you just yell like a like Tarzan? I said, no, 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 sir. <laughs> no, there was this guy holding a gun. Johnny Doe. Forget, forget it. So uh, before we get started, uh, we've got this, of course, important episode. We've got a great guest, uh, Tyler and Caitlin here from Teen Mom. They'll be here in just a second. Uh, we also want to share this with the Facebook followers. We appreciate your support. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I did. I didn't pick up on my cue. Uh, everyone, it is the This Life podcast with Doctor Drew and myself, Mike Catherwood. Uh, the special hashtag You Live edition. Uh, I am Doctor Drew's partner on KBC seven ninety AM Midday Live, which airs daily twelve to three PM on. Uh, that's the Pacific Standard Time, and it's also available on iTunes. We also are live on YouTube slash Doctor Drew. And this will be available also as the usual This Life podcast with Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest. Subscribe and get it first. And, uh, we have Susan, we have Facebook people out there right now. So please go ahead and uh, ask your questions through Facebook or call in. And uh, remember, uh, we uh, all the shows are, I, I have are available at drdrew.com. We've got the Dr. Drew podcast, Adam and Dr. Drew. Those of you who don't know that Adam and I are back together again daily. Weekly Infusion with Dr. Spaz, and of course this one. Uh, we feature a link to the KBC News Talk Radio Show also. We, we have with Mike. Dutch, yeah, Dr. Bruce, I, uh, I know. did I some know. stuff with him yesterday. It was great. So not a Spaz. 12 to 3 Pacific, you can find us there, Midday Live. He, he's a Spaz. He's, I, I realize now why Adam gets frustrated with him. And not that I don't love him anymore than I always have. I just but get what Adam is frustrated I, with. I, am a, I, I bow at the altar of Corolla just as much as anyone. Uh, but Adam will get frustrated with anyone, oh. given the amount of time. Oh, uh, for, for, we mean three minutes? Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm yeah. just saying. Like, like saying, oh yeah. Oh, I, Mike Catherwood still wants to bang her. No, no. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll bang you. Just hand, spend and, time with and, me. And let me explain too. By the way, I'm wearing sunglasses today. And yeah. Do you want to reference that? I know. Just thinking. Of, we have Facebook out there. I forgot that I was wearing them. Reason is, I had eye surgery two days ago. I am in unbelievable pain, and my eyes are closed. And I thought it was it's very weird to look at a camera with my eyes closed, so I will just wear sunglasses. As the great Norm MacDonald once told me, there's two types of people that wear uh, wear uh, sunglasses indoors. It's, uh, it's fucking blind people and assholes. <laughs> well, I am uh, blind, I guess. No, you have your legitimate reason. Yeah. yeah. So what's the rest of this thing say here, Mike? 
Oh, which there's one? Another page. Well, there's two. Yes. Yeah. So I got to make sure that I I get get the right one. Uh, take a quick moment. Sign up for the email list. And yes, make sure that you sign up for the contact and email list. Uh, hashtag you live Facebook call in show coming up. You can call in and talk to the guests, myself and Dr. Drew Pinsky. Uh, it's all live in person, ready for you. The number is 323-649-8268. That's 323-649-8268. And that'll be coming up right after we talk to and these two uh, lovely And people. it's Lindsay, who uh, used to be our Loveland screener. She's, she's insane. Very, she's and she's gonna, very she's, crazy. Uh, she Mike, can get here. Mike when you call her, her. Oh, she made it. Mike called when, her LARPer, LARPing Lindsay. All right. Also, she defended LARPing. We want like, to it wasn't just that she's into LARPing; it was that she she took it to task. Yes. How dare you? Yes, she was, was offended. Like, well, it's very easy to make fun of you. And then she recorded LARPing. Remember that she had all those video, those F. interviews, LARPers. Uh, Lightning it, bolt! It, Lightning it, bolt! It did not. Def- it did not make her case for her. Also, we want to thank our sponsor, Hydrolite. Go to thebanner.com for details. I'm, I need Hydrolite right now because of this eye surgery thing. I, in fact, ask Susan to please get it out of the car. Uh, we've got a 30% discount for everyone who clicks on the banner and uses the code DrDrewHY for Hydrolite. D-R-D-R-W-H-Y. Check out. That is Dr. Drew H-Y. 30% off today. We also have uh, the link here on Facebook as well. And I cannot for the life of me see that tiny print on the bottom of the page. So, Mike, whatever that <laughs> says, please have at it. Find us here on Facebook, Twitter, at Dr. Drew, uh, so at Mike under, Catherwood. Under where it says end. <laughs> under where it says end? It's the end. Okay, okay. you guys move on. It's all too small. <laughs> Thank you, Producer Susan, my wife. And uh, it's a really privileged day that to welcome Tyler and Caitlin from Team Mom. Tyler, Kate, hey, welcome, guys. Hey, how you doing? So we had Amber in here, and Tyler texted like, hey, what are we, chopped liver? Well, how, come, how about us? I said, I love you in a, in a, in a second. I, you know how I love you guys. There's something about the teen mom stuff that just gets so much heat. And I, and I mean that as a, like a positive. It, 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 it attracts a certain level of interest amongst social media that I – Well, not only that, imagine this. I mean these guys grew up in front of cameras, and not only did they really become into adulthood as such – they they grew up and were on TV. The time when social media began, yeah, yeah. and so they had to they had to navigate all this. And so I, well, I was always very amazed that they were able to do so. But uh, again, welcome, guys. Thanks, thanks for having us. So you know, media, we're, we're, we're kind of used to all that craziness, right? <laughs> well, you can say you're used to it, and I'm sure you're you're better at dealing with it than than the average than person. Me. But it still has to sting you know when you when you just you're help you know kind of uh carelessly checking your twitter just killing time and someone's like hey you're you suck you're fat well, you, you know, espe- die. especially since caitlin's talked about her mental health issues yeah. and they've had the, been in and around adoption and all the con- all the feelings people have about that so it's got to be intense for you guys well, I use the black button a lot. That's what, that's what she told me. Block, 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 block. Oh, I she thought was, she said the black button. I thought that's that where, too. That's where I go no, on YouPorn. Uh, I go no, immediately to like, the black button. When I'm scrolling through stuff, it's like all positive. I don't. Who wants to read negative things about themselves? So, well, to, to be fair, Caitlin, I remember when it did used to bother you before you learned how to use the block button, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, definitely. I mean, if you're reading negative things about yourself, it can bring you down. So, I was like, yeah. why... Why even read that stuff? There's a lot, way more supporters than there are haters. And honestly, most of that stuff comes out of ignorance anyway. They just don't know the full extent of the situation they're judging on. So it's kind of like, you know, just kind of let it. See, I, 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 I think that's a positive way of looking at it. When it comes to things like bigotry or racism, I, do, I agree it comes out of, out of ignorance. But when someone is just 
mindlessly throwing out uh, uh, insults to a stranger. I don't even think that's ignorance. I think that's like a real, like a really dysfunctional kind of feeling. Because I'm I'm messed up. I'm a messed up guy, and I'm vulnerable, and I'm insecure in many ways. I've never once thought to myself, I have no idea who this person is across the globe. Let me just tell them that they suck or that they're fat or that. Um, it's weird. It's a. I think that it's beyond yeah. ignorance. It's like a, like some type of weird aggression. insecurity yeah. and aggression. Yeah. I think a lot of it's just to do with projection, and people just aren't happy with themselves. So why not just you know focus the the negative attention on somebody else? I mean, I think it's really weird too. I don't really understand it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a nice. They're just yeah. Or they're being bullied themselves. You're right. I mean, there's a lot of things to it. I think. Um, yeah. And it's not right. Not saying it's right. And listen, we're an easy target. We're on TV. It's kind of a, a controversial subject, you know, teen pregnancy and then adoption on top of it, you know. So it's we're we're an easy target. Hey, and I, let me ask you, Tyler and Caitlin, because Doctor Drew can't really explain it, and I don't, I don't know if he even feels comfortable exploring it. But why can't do you th- can't wait to see what's going to come out of your mouth no, next? No, but go ahead. I think you'll like this question. <laughs> why is it that, uh, from your guys' perspective, if someone who's been down this road with Doctor Drew with all the finales, Doctor Drew does a lot of things that spark controversy. Something about him being involved in the Teen Mom finale shows gets people all riled up, <laughs> and I mean, really, he becomes now responsible for all you guys, and he's and how dare he do A, B, and C, and, and how, you know, straighten out Farrah, and don't let her yeah. tell you, it's like, what? Oh, good luck straighten out Farrah, yeah. good luck. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what, what do you think, because I, I mean, I, I totally understand why Celebrity Rehab, or or even some of his takes on, on uh, certain public figures and their, their medical condition. It's going to rub certain people the wrong way. Why is it that by virtue of hosting a show once a year, once or twice a year, that he gets so much crap for it? I think people have like the, the wrong expectations maybe of what he's really there to do. He's actually just a host and he's really not there to like diagnose us and yeah. fix us. Yeah, you it, know, it gets confusing because I because I I offer myself as a resource to them, and, and these guys have always used it uh, over the years yeah. when, very appropriately. I try to help them find services and things like that, but I don't. I'm not their doctor, which people yeah. and, and and I'm not the producer. It's not my show. I host I host a gathering with them twice a year, uh, but somehow it becomes the whole thing becomes my responsibility. It's crazy. It would be the same without you, Doctor Drew. Though, <laughs> really, we love having Doctor Drew a part of it. So. We have, I appreciate that. It's been, it's been, and, and to that end, I was thinking to myself what it was like when I first met you guys. Do you remember that first meeting? Yeah, we were oh, yeah. scared. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I came oh, right, I'd watched the show on, a, on the plane on the way over there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy, Tyler and Caleb, I, I must meet these two. And I pulled them into my dressing room and said, I've got to talk to you guys. What did you think I was going to say? Well, no, actually, it was a, a lady came, which I think she was your assistant at the time. With the shoot, and we didn't know what we were doing. Our first time ever being in a dressing room or anything yeah. like that. Uh, and she's like, you need to come with me now. Dr. Drew needs to see you. And we're like, oh, okay, follow me. Do you need any waters? And we're like, yeah, sure, I guess. I don't, we're freaking out. I <laughs> didn't need any water. And, 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 I, and I, I just said, I said, do you guys understand how amazing your story is and what you've done? And it is very compelling. Extraordinary your your level of maturity is in dealing with these extremely complex issues. How, how do you see all that now in retrospect? I think that, well, like sitting back now, it's like, I think we realize now, you know, we're both 25 and uh, the stuff that we were going through at such a, at a young age, it's like uh, we didn't realize it, I don't think, going through it. But now having our own children and stuff, it's like, wow, like yeah. we went through a lot of stuff that a lot of people wouldn't make it through. And um, 
I think it just comes from our childhood being super mature and learning how to navigate through hard issues in life. And I think also like me, we were so used to it. So it was like, it wasn't something that was like, you guys are really extraordinary for like doing this. Or we were kind of just like, well, you know, this is life. And, uh, I don't know. I guess when, when you're that young, you don't really think about the severity of what you're really going through until you get older and you're able to look back at it with a kind of a more a little wiser mind and be like, wow, that really was kind of intense for a 16-year-old. Very true. Very wow. true. And Tyler, a lot of people don't know your history. Your mom was the one that told me what you had gone through as a younger child and the behavior issues. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I mean, was kicked out of my daycare. I, I could, My mom... Eventually, there was a, the whole county. We went through all the preschools, and I was just behavioral issues. I was always kicked out. Uh, I was suspended in first time in second grade, and you know, just kind of continued my whole my whole life throughout school. And any kind of authority figure, I would challenge. And um, yeah, just a lot of behavioral stuff. Uh, some legal trouble I got into when I was really young, and uh, yeah, a lot of it was just kind of chaotic. I was very uh, kind of a wild. Wow, kid, I, guess. I think we were both crazy and chaotic until Carly, until we found out we were pregnant with Carly, and then that's really when it all changed. Well, to yeah, be the- fair, I, I, Tyler, you went to some sort of uh, therapeutic school for a while, right? Your mom told me about that. I did. I went to. I, well, it wasn't really. Um, it was. I did. I, I did go to like a. Uh, she tried putting me in a what would you call it? a Catholic school with like nun ladies who would like try <laughs> nun I, I can't imagine yeah. that would work. Nun, but, but, I swear, they, and, yeah, uh, they, sisters. Yeah, we had to call them sisters, and uh, I, I was young. So she tried getting me into that after getting kicked out of all the other preschools that I was in and stuff like that. I eventually ended up going to alternative high schools, um, kind of for kids who were wild, I guess. But she oh, told me you got. To- you got some treatment along the way, and and that that that's what I think. My point is, I think that really worked for you. And it did. I think. Well, I mean, going to treatment when you're super young, yeah. it's a different experience because you know you have to go to this place. You don't really know why you're going there until the doctor or you know therapist that I was working with at the time tells you, like, hey, uh, you know, you're in here for this, and your mom is worried about this, and um, but it did work for me for a little bit, uh, and. Uh, you know, it was kind of I, and again doing it at a young age. though was a little different for me. I, I didn't have a good time with it at first. It took me a while. Well, but I mean, they're I mean, they're, those kinds of professionals are accustomed to that. You can't reason right. with kids the same way you can with a, an adult, right? Right. So, as much as we like to try, as much <laughs> right. as we like to try to, con- and, and I, looking back on, I mean, there's no point in going shoulda, woulda, coulda, but right. looking back on being a parent. Um, as opposed to saying like, well, if I could do it all over again, I think, I think every parent that's worth their salt as a parent looks back on the, even the day prior and said, man, if I could just have changed something a little bit, what have you, what, if, if you were to really get a chance to try to, uh, parent your child as a, as the mature person you are now, what Which they, be, they have a child now. No, yeah. my point being like, uh. See, I, I look at – look, I'm 38 and I'm immature for my age anyway. But every single day I look back and I was like I could probably handle that better. And I still think I do a pretty good job. But there's no there's no possibility at 25 I could have been an effective parent. I can imagine as a teenager. So I, I my question is I guess given that you're kind of forced to have 
uh, a lot of retrospective outlooks on things because you're you're put on TV and people are forced they kind of force you to talk about your life and your parenting abilities and things. What are, what are the main kind of tenets that you found to be true and and you wish you could have learned earlier? Hmm. I guess for me it'd be just uh um I guess just patience, having patience and to slow down and really just appreciate little things and not sweating small stuff. Yeah. That's good advice. It's very good advice. So caught up with like, oh my God, my kid spilled this and I need there's 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 just so many stressful things about about it that if you really just kind of pay attention to the to the good stuff and just not 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 sweat the small stuff, their kids are gonna spill it. It's gonna break. They're not gonna know how to react to that situation. They're you know, I think just kind of slowing down, pumping the brakes a little bit. Speaking of uh, kids, I noticed your daughter's not been on your Instagram lately. Did your wife cut you off? No. (laughs) You talking to me? Yeah. Oh no. No, I uh there just hasn't been as many uh, opportunity. Okay. Well, she hasn't been as bonkers. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, to me, also, like the, the only thing I, I – I, I only have one child and she's three. So it's not like I'm some expert. But the thing I have to work on and I, I look back on and wish I would have learned earlier is that I, I can't take the things that my daughter does so personally. Oh, Like she's, she's, <laughs> she's as dumb as my dog. She's a three-year-old. And I, I I get so upset as if she's being mean to me as if like like she's doing it personally to me to make me angry. And the reality is she's a three year old. She has no impulse regulation. She has no ability to kind of act responsibly because she's a little kid. I get so uh, hurt like she's doing something to me to 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 hurt my feelings. And the reality is is she's just a little kid and she's a maniac. <laughs> yeah. aren't they all maniac little maniacs? <laughs> I do think so. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of maniacs, how's Butch doing? Oh God, he's uh, he he's he ain't doing too good. He ain't doing what? as good as he. All right, let, let's explain to people who don't know. Butch is is Tyler's dad. Butch has been in prison a lot. Butch is a drug addict, and uh, he seemed in recent what you say eighteen months or so to be very interested in getting sober, though not so interested in meetings. But would, is that about a way to sum it up, Tyler? Yeah, yeah, I definitely would. I definitely would say he uh, he actually just got off parole uh, three days ago, which is his first time ever being off. Of parole. I mean, he's been on parole since he's what for thirty years. Yeah, since he was Think thirty-two. About that, Mike, thirty years. Uh, so he's been yeah. You know that he's, long. He's super um, scared and nervous to be off parole. Yeah, right. I think it's not having like that babysitter yep. to watch over him. Yep. So right now he's kind of like I feel like in this fuck. Like this funk, he's like scared. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, and, and I ask him. I, I, honestly, I keep up on him a lot. I say, "Hey, Dad, how are you doing with your sobriety today?" Uh-huh. I try not. You know, I, I've kind of tried to learn to take a different path with him instead of uh, getting angry with him and, 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 and kind of just shutting him off. Instead of really just trying to like focus on, okay, how are you doing today with your sobriety? Do you need anything? Uh, do you need help or you know whatever whatever the case is. You know, I try to kind of just. You know, be there for him as much as I can. Uh, well, guys, yeah, he's struggling pretty bad right now. Okay, so Mike, uh, you guys, Mike has been very is always very vocal about the fact that he is in the program. Yeah, uh, I have I have beaten Butch up as much as I can about getting, going to meetings and getting a sponsor. He acknowledges it's what he wishes to do, intends to do, knows it's the right thing to do, doesn't do it. I've also well, then he doesn't. Hang on, I've also beat up Tyler about Al-Anon, and he yeah. also does not go to Al-Anon. You got to go, dude. Uh, trust me, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a dually, so I, I'm in recovery myself, but I am also an Al-Anon. You, I was very re- resistant to it uh, as well, not the program, but Al-Anon. And 
because I thought, well, I'm dealing with my recovery, my addiction. Why do I have to worry about being the loved one of an addict? And it's shocking how uh, relieving it becomes and how rewarding it is to go and sit down and talk to other people who are uh, the child of an addict, the the wife of an addict, the husband of. And you get this sense that, oh, my gosh, much like with recovery, the feeling of knowing that you're not all alone with these uh, experiences is so rewarding and it becomes very therapeutic. Trust me, I I really uh, encourage you to do it. You know, I've, I, Dr. Drew has literally he's told me this for years now to go to Al-Anon. And I guess, I don't know, I, a part of me is like, I, you know, a part of me, I guess the anger, I need to get over the anger. It keeps, it keeps kind of pulling me back where I'm just like, it's frustrating that I have to go yeah. to do this because you are the way you are. So I guess it's kind of like. That's I, wildly understandable too, by the way. Don't feel like. And you, a common feeling. Yeah. I mean, I, I, can, I can empathize and I, and I get, that's a, a very reasonable take why why should i have to spend a couple hours a week doing something that uh, admittedly is not very fun uh because my dad or my husband or my wife is a certain way it doesn't seem to compute but it, uh, in the end you will you will uh you really find a lot out of it and you and get a lot of different it. on top of when you're doing your own you know therapy so it's like going to do that you know and i feel like which is a result of because you're an addict and you just now i'm doing going through you know therapy with doing this and yeah. i have to go to this other meeting now it's just right. like yeah yeah well, how, old, it, how old are you uh 25 i mean i know this isn't popular to say out loud but there is you can you can burn yourself out oh yeah and oh, i know a lot of people are like well it doesn't matter it's so important oh, i was like no, yeah no. it is important but at the same time if this 25 year old kid got a kid of his own He's going to go to therapy every week. You want him to also go to two other meetings. No, I get it. to, it's like, no, I get well, it. let's take yeah. it easy. Yeah, no, know? no. I totally understand that. Completely understand it. But but I, I just thought there was an opportunity for sure. them to ask you questions, both either you guys about the program or about Al-Anon. I mean, Mike's very, uh, very good resource for you. And I also think that, like, as far as your father's concerned, and I, I don't want to talk poorly about the guy. I don't know him, and he's not here to defend it's, himself. It's impossible to talk poorly about Butch. Okay. But I will <laughs> say this. Awesome. When someone says, no, I really know it's important, and I, re- I, I plan on getting to it, but I'm not doing it. Yeah. When it comes to the 12 steps, like I, I don't buy that doesn't that means I'm I don't want to right that, that it, truly it, translates to I'm I'm not gonna right, do right. it and and I flipped around a little bit and say at, at least he's contemplating yeah I, I call it contemplative but you're right he's not gonna do it and yeah. he doesn't do it so that's it's it, it, people have to go experiment and figure it out for themselves I guess and also I think I think for my dad it's a little he just he's comfortable he gets comfortable with the people he hangs out with he hangs out with the uh, that's the wrong thing not, yeah you know he just gets. <laughs> He gets way too comfortable, and uh, and I think he starts justifying his all his decisions he makes. And uh, well, to you be know, fair I, to I, him, like, to be I fair, I try to remind him once in a while, like, hey, you know, how's your sobriety doing? This is an issue. Remember, like, you know, you're, you know, so I don't know. I probably should go down on. Obviously, I need it. <laughs> so. To be fair to him, uh, both you guys, by the way, because of April and stuff. But how's April doing, by the way? Your mom. Mom's doing awesome. Good. Say She's- say hi for me, please. But I will. but um. What the hell was I going to say about Butch? I forgot. My eyes are bothering me. <laughs> yeah, how the Sundance Kid is doing? All I can think about is my eyes. All right, that's a good time for a break. Oh, it's All time right. for a break? All right, we'll take a little break. We're back with Caitlin and Tyler from Teen Mom right after this. Well, one of the great parts about working in recovery is seeing former patients successfully move on 
And I've had patients that have come up to me years later and uh, shake my hand and say, you know, sometimes people are kicked out of treatment. And uh, many of these folks move on to become mental health professionals themselves. And of course, the field of psychology is vast. The need for competent practitioners is huge. If you're considering this rewarding career, I urge you to consider the California School of Professional Psychology at Alliant University. Now, I've known them for a long time at Alliant University. I've spoken at their past events. It was founded in 1969. It's boasts an alumni network of nearly 50,000 people worldwide. And Alliant has fostered many of today's mental health pioneers, authors, and advocates. CSPP at Alliant University hosts both on-ground and online programs in business psychology, marriage and family therapy, clinical counseling. They also offer APA-accredited doctoral programs in clinical psychology that can allow for specialization in child psychology, clinical forensic psychology, and integrated psychology. And the faculty is crazy. It's made up of, of leaders and historical figures like Abraham Maslow, Carl Rogers, Viktor Frankl, some of the true fathers of modern psychology. For more information, and I've worked alongside of these students as well, by the way, in the clinical setting, as well as having lectured at the institution. So for more on the California School of Professional Psychology, CSPP, at Alliant, click the Alliant banner on our website or visit Alliant, A-L-L-I-A-N-T dot E-D-U, Alliant dot E-D-U. Hi, Dwight. Of course, you've heard me rave about these guys. It's a product that I actually wanted to develop myself. I, I conceived of this. I knew it was needed. It was already in Australia, and now it is here. It works. The feedback is unanimous. Even though it's great to use, though, when you're sick or dehydrated, you can use it every day, especially now that the weather is changing. It's hot. So whether you're exercising or maybe you've got seasonal allergies or you drank too much or you got vomiting or diarrhea, whatever it might be, you can reduce fatigue and keep feeling healthy as well. Once you've started feeling dehydrated, sometimes a little too late. So you want to stay hydrated. And rapid rehydration, if you do get dehydrated, requires a proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water. And nothing provides it like hydrolyte. I'm telling you, it's the same as an IV fluid via your mouth, via your enteral system. It's based on established, proven science. Quite simply, the best rehydration product out there. It comes in great flavors. They have those fizzy tablets. Also, they have a powder and a premixed drink. Compared to other sports drinks, Hydrolytes delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow directions. All right, you can find Hydrolyte at Rite Aid or online at Amazon or click through at drdrew.com. And for a limited time, our listeners save 30% on Hydrolyte if you use the code D-R-D-R-E-W, Dr. Drew, H-Y at checkout. That is D-R-D-R-E-W-H-Y. 30% off. Great deal. Do it. And welcome back. We're here with our friends Tyler and Caitlin from Teen Mom. And uh, to you guys that are asking why I have sunglasses on, because my eyes are closed. <laughs> because I had eye surgery. And I'm in extreme pain, uh, although I'm adequately distracted by this great conversation. And I uh, welcome your questions. I had a radial keratotomy, and uh, I am, like, in pain. Uh, and it's hard for me to open my eyes, especially with lights here for the Facebook thing. And uh, so I apologize. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed sitting here we wearing sunglasses, but I'd be more embarrassed looking at a camera with my eyes closed. So that's the reason I'm wearing sunglasses. Uh, we actually have some calls for our guests. Let's do it. Let me get right to that. You guys are there? Caitlin, Tyler? We're here. All right, excellent. All righty. Let's talk to uh, Colleen, is it? Yes, it is. Hello there. Hi, Colleen. Hello. Hi. Hey, Colleen, whatever you're listening to the podcast on, can you turn that down? Oh, yeah, okay. I'll just... Thank you. Yeah, just listen, oh, listen yeah. to your okay. phone. Anybody who's Sorry waiting to that. call, just listen on your phone. Pardon? Just listen on your phone. Go ahead, Colleen. 
Okay, hi, hi. This is hi, Caitlin and Tyler. Hi. Hi, I love you guys. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So does your dog. Who's, I who's, love how you're, who's Yorkshire I, I Terrier? I love how you're raising your daughter and the way the choices you've made. And you're very, you inspire me to pursue what I'm trying to do. Which is? Which is what? Porn. I'm in the process of adopting a eight-year-old child. Wow. Oh, wow. Who's in foster Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. And she has so a disability. From foster care, is that what you said? Yeah. She sorry, my little I'm yapper thinks I'm sorry. in my house. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 Go ahead and continue. I'm sorry. I just, I just want to explain the crazy noise that's going on over over here. <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure that's out the dog, I'm right? trying to figure out the breed. Is it a Yorkie? Yorkie. That's what it sounds oh, like. It's a Chihuahua. It's even worse. Oh, nice. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> I have cats, so they're quiet. Okay. So uh, you're you're adopting somebody, an eight year old, out of foster care. What, what's in? How soon? What's happening? Where, where are you at in the process? Right now, I'm in, um, I'm, it's kind of, I got visits with her, supervised visits through the department. I've seen her once in the last year and a half. Oh, my. It's kind of a tricky situation. But you're going to see it through? My daughter, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to adopt her because she's never had a family. This child has been in foster care since she was six months old. Unfortunately, there's a lot of that, a lot in this country, and and uh, where, where it really gets where it really gets dicey is when they have to graduate out of foster care into the world, and there's the the services are just inadequate in most most areas of most states. So good for you. Well, well yeah, done. we're yeah, I'm in um, and I'm I'm actually in Canada, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm Canadian, yes. Well, I'll tell you what, that's really but, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, really, I, I have to uh, kind of express to you that there's um, uh, a lot of kids that don't get that opportunity or anyone that even looks um, at them to adopt. Yeah, them. so I think it's amazing what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, so, Colleen, good luck and keep us posted, yeah. okay? Yeah, thank you, Colleen. Appreciate it very much. That's a, that's a serious commitment. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I, let's see here. We have a uh, another call for our guests here. Let's talk to. I'm sorry. No, that's a. Uh, is she? Is she also named Connie? I just don't want to make a mistake. The other one was Colleen, I think. Okay, good. Uh, hello, Connie. Hello, guys. You live. You, you live. live. I've missed you guys. Thank you for having this. Um, you live podcast. Great. Yeah, it is a real gift to society. Where's Connie calling from? Connie is calling from. I'm going to say the Valley. I'm going to say Western Europe. No. Where are you calling from? No, OC. <laughs> oh, Orange County. Okay. Oh, you. Okay. All right. So what's going on? Um, I have a question um, regarding borderline personality disorder. Okay. Um, my, my daughter, um, I guess, has been diagnosed with that. Yep. And I've always known since she was a little girl that something is up. Yeah. And I, for a long time, thought it was just oppositional defiance. Right. It looks the same. But it looks the as same. As it turns out, it is. Yeah, it looks very similar, doesn't it? So, what's the question? Yes, I don't know how to. I don't know how to approach her with anything. With mm. like, it doesn't matter how I, you know, 
yeah. talk to her. Yeah. It's just really hard because she always takes things so next level. Yeah. And it's really frustrating because I, I try to help her and I, I feel like I can't, like I'm really stuck. Okay. Well, it's it's very frustrating, and those are those are real concerns, and that's in the in the nature of the borderline process, right? I, I think the important thing for you is to get support. So you have somebody in your corner, so you can stay sort of firm where you have to set boundaries, learn as much as you can about the borderline process, borderline disorder, and then she needs to get into dialectical behavioral therapy. Is she getting into DBT at all? Yes, um, she has been seeing a therapist that was doing CBT, so, but I. DB, you know, DBT, told her, you know, you need to ask. DBT is a little better for, yeah, for I, borderlines. And, and it, again, I th- the way I think that uh, that I like to think about some of the, you know, like the, the, the painful part of being around the borderline patient or individual is remember that when they get upset, they cannot appreciate that your mind even has content. They, they lose track of other people's yes. sort of existence. And they're, Absolutely. which is sort of extra painful because when they're in a calmer moment, they kind of can do that. But when they get escalated, it just it loses it, and they get into this sort of, you know, extreme emotionality and the fear of abandonment, and then the and it's just all over the place, right? And then they use something called projective identification, which is their feelings they push out into you, so you feel all crazy mm, and yes. spun around. So, you know, you've got to be able to just keep your feet square on the ground when these things happen, and, and you need somebody in your corner. You need, like, a therapist or another mom who's dealing with this something. Hmm? I, and I, I've, talked to, I've talked to her therapist before, but, you know, just like yesterday's um, show, I just feel like no one really has a time where no one I know. gets, I don't know, they just, I just feel really No, you're right. You're right. Lost, no, no, that's true. And that, but that's why I was saying, you know, that's why when we were talking to Tyler about going to Al-Anon, that's why I would say look for a support group for moms, you know, with borderline kids, that kind of thing, and find somebody you can have in your court, somebody you can just have to stand with you when you need a shoulder to lean on. And, and that that will go a long way. You'll be surprised. It doesn't have to be a therapist, okay? Okay. And one more thing. How do I – she has a really hard time maintaining friends sure. for the same reason. Sure. And I, I feel like sometimes I try to kind of step in and help her relationships, but I don't know how far I can go as far as, like, letting her friends, her closer friends, I guess, know what her situation is. How old is she? 23. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, you have to have permission from your daughter to do that. Yeah, that, you know, I'm sure you learned the other part about dealing with the borderline process is you have to be super clear, really clear about everything. And don't give any opportunity for splitting, right? You know what splitting is? Yeah. Good, good bad. Yeah, she, you violated me. You, I, I can't trust you anymore. That, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so she, she could turn in. She yeah. could easily turn your trying to help her into you're an evil witch. I can't trust you. You violated my trust. You know, if she feels that way in that moment. And so you got to go, look, I, I'd like to help, you know, and then really be sure she hears you. That's the other thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to go talk to Susie now, and here's what I'm going to tell Susie. And, and so, that, again, so you reduce the potential for that flip, okay? Okay, right. and one last thing. Yeah. The, her psychiatrist right now has prescribed her Zoloft and lorazepam, which I'm kind of – does that even help her? I mean, she also has anxiety disorder. Yeah, I, the, but, the lorazepam I'm a little nervous about, but uh, the, the Zoloft can help. Can help with the anxiety, and and, okay. and and the borderlines usually do end up on some medication, and it usually does help them a little bit. So, all right, uh, Connie, do you think that limits- good luck? 
sorry to cut her off. If Lamictal would be helpful, I, I am a big fan of mood stabilizers in situations like this. So, so I don't know about Lamictal so much as a mood stabilizer. Talk to the psychiatrist about that. My question, I'd like to know. how about that, oh, Tyler? Yeah. Do you guys understand what that was all about? Yeah, I mean that sounds that sounds really intense. I, I can't imagine like what that's like. That's, wow. Kate, hey, go ahead. Amber, we have watched Amber Portwood struggle with you know her mental illness too. And I know she was diagnosed with something similar. Yes, she was. That's right. Yeah. And, and it's super hard for her. Um, I can see it. And, um, I empathize with her. Yeah, I really do. Because even me, just with depression and uh, paralytic like panic attacks and stuff, I couldn't – I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. How's that going? How's your panic and stuff? Uh, really good, actually. Um, I'm not on 200 milligrams as Zoloft anymore. I'm on 150. Good. Um, and I feel better. Um, I would love to get it even lower more, so we'll just see and keep going with the flow. Excellent. <laughs> but I feel good. So Good. You sound great. I mean, you seem like you're, you're really yourself again. Yeah, I feel like she's myself. Gotten, she's gotten really, really, really good with her coping skills, and yeah. she kind of knows to take time for herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a huge improvement. So. Oh, my God. Um, you can hear it. I mean, there was like a year ago, things were not so great. Wow. Yeah, no. We have I feel like completely different person yeah. <laughs> we have another call uh but Lindsay um is uh d- clearly developmentally disabled so i'm gonna say hello caller hello yes what's your name hi my name is marissa 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 yes yes hi um about six years ago i um was in a domestic violence situation and i had to um i chose open adoption for my son and I have um, three other children, and um, I was under the impression that the open adoption was going to be more open. And the um, the adoptive parents told me that we were going to all um, have more communication and everything. And and the adoptive parents told me that um, and told my children that we were going to have they weren't that it wasn't going to be the last time they were going to see my son. And they went from more open to just pictures. And and I don't know understand why they made that decision. But I guess my question is, um, I am having a hard time talking to them and, and understanding why. And I just my question is, how do I talk to them? Hang on, Marissa. I think you've come to the right place. All right, guys. Who, who wants to start? Um, well, hello, fellow birth mother. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, oh. I want to give a lot of props. I, from being a birth mother, I always feel like women who place children who already have children their own, to me, you guys are 10 times stronger than the normal average birth mom. Um, and I give you huge props for that. That's a good point. Um, I never thought about yeah, it that way. Either. And I'm sorry that you have to be going through this. I mean, even with ours, we always, I feel like as birth moms, we always want it to be as open as possible and we want to be able to see them all the time and have birthday parties with them and things like that. And I noticed for a while in our relationship with our adoptive parents, things started kind of, I, you know, distance oh, no. and slowing down. And, you know, we would randomly get pictures and stuff. But I tried to put it in her shoes as in, like, Raina and Teresa couldn't have kids. And I feel like now that they had them, like, they're super scared of, like, losing them or, like, I don't know. I mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to talk to Teresa, too, because I think it's hard for her to be open with me. And um, I would really push you in the direction of looking. um, It's called On Your Feet Foundation. You can find them on Google. So it's 
on your feet foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mm-hmm. all ran by birth moms for birth moms. They have retreats for birth moms. Um, and you can go there. Mm-hmm. And if you can't afford your way there, they have um, things that will help pay for you to get there and stuff. And honestly, mm-hmm. I went there and it changed my life. It helped wow. me totally like relate with other birth moms and understand where I was mm-hmm. coming from and um, hearing different sides. And uh, it really helped. Mm-hmm. If I were you, I'd look it up. It's On Your Feet Foundation. And um, they always have their okay. retreats. In the summer and in the fall, and they're always uh, usually in Michigan City, Indiana. Um, and like I said, they will help okay. you get there if you have no way of getting there. They are awesome. And they also have a program okay. for birth moms and adoptive moms. moms. Yes, it's a retreat, too, where it's the birth moms. will go to the retreat with the mm-hmm. adoptive moms, and it helps learn about communication and hearing both sides of, you know, the birth parent side and the adoptive parent side, which, honestly, I invited Teresa to, and I'm hoping she'll say yes to going, too. So... You know, you have to keep talking about it um, and just expressing your feelings to them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with right. that as long as you come out respectful and just honest. And keep reaching out as much yeah, as you can. Yeah, and just yeah. keep reaching out as much as you can. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. I haven't reached out to her for a while because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it was something I said or because I did one time say, you know, I think I made a big mistake, you know, and oh. I shouldn't have said that. But yeah. I, I know I made the right decision, but I, she kind of cut me off, you know. And Yeah, yeah but how could I anyone like, and so, it not me. go through it's, those feelings? I, of course. It, but it, it, I mean, you have to be addressed the, with those feelings. Of course. It, it scares the adoptive parent, though. Yeah, That's all yeah I was going to say, I think that is yeah. scary, you know, but... I guess it's learning how to... I was like, going through some feelings, and I said that, and I think she got upset. Okay. We're, We're allowed to feel that way, and you can text her and tell her. Even right. Write her a letter or text her, I think. Sorry if I didn't mean to offend you or afraid you. I was just feeling, can we talk sometime? Yep. I mean, Tyler and mm-hmm. I and Ray and Teresa had to sit down and have a face-to-face mm-hmm. conversation a couple years ago and put it all out on the table, how we felt, how they felt, what their fears were, what our fears were. And right to do that for you, I think. Yeah, I, thanks, I, Marissa. Yeah. Thank Good you, luck, and, and then Kayla Tyler is the, cra- the craziness of television on top of everything else. Oh, right? yeah. So that that yeah. makes everything healthier. Yeah, <laughs> always. You guys have been a big inspiration. Your guys' story. I've been following you guys from the beginning. Oh, I dropped her. Oh, nice, Mike. Well, no, they cut me some slack in that. There's a nice forty second lag time to dropping someone. So it's like I didn't. Have okay. any real control over right. it. Okay. You want to know what, though? That's the only reason why we do the show is right there, Dr. Drew. Yeah. No, um, I know how important that is to you. I do. I know you guys yeah. have been great about this. And, uh, and, and you know, you're, what, what's going on this season? Any, any highlights we should know about? Oh, gosh. Oh, God. Well, they're filming us getting on the, uh, you know, getting our farm together. Mm-hmm. They filmed me purchasing a few more crazy animals. <laughs> and, uh, the launch of our business. The launch of, yep, Tier Rain, so. which is going really awesome. Uh, TierRain.com. We do, like, little kids' clothes. There you uh, go. Sandra uh, was calling in to ask you specifically about your clothing line. So thank you, Sandra, for the call. And there you go. You got your answer. I have to yeah, yeah. Where so do people Tier- get it? Pardon me? Where do they get that stuff, your clothing? Uh, com. T-I-E-R-R-A-R-E-I-G-N. And it's the same com. for Instagram and Twitter. It's at Tierra Rain. Um, yeah, and it's 2T uh, to 6. and uh, All handmade in the USA yep. by awesome women in Detroit. They're actually uh, made in Detroit, Michigan. So yeah, we're sorry. really super stoked about that. And uh, Susan, any questions off Facebook? Anybody got anything there? I hope I put that on right. Um, 
Let's see. I have a friend who goes to Al-Anon meetings because he's the child of an alcoholic mom, but he twists their teachings to fit his own moods and still drinks himself and mixes alcohol with his psych meds. He's bipolar too and scary enough when he drinks, worse when he goes off the meds. And Back to that topic. What would he like? What would, is there a question behind that? I don't know. I just want to let you know how effed up this guy was. <laughs> I know. That's all, that's all <laughs> I hear. Like, that's a good well, one. Guy's yeah. upsetting me. Okay. Well, I get a lot of you're an amazing couple, and you've been through a lot, and the, the limelight is tough. I do have an interesting email, though, here that I think that Mike should read. Okay. Um, because I cannot. Can I just make Drew try and read it just for my own personal <laughs> no. you want. It's no, kind of, it, it hurts my hurts my it's, I get these all the time. Hello, Dr. Drew. My name is Kylie. I am 26 years old and a single mom of three. I had my youngest when I was 21. I was 16 when I got pregnant with my first, 18 when I got pregnant with my middle, and uh, God, this is, sorry. I was 18 when I got pregnant with my middle one, and 20 when I got pregnant with my youngest. I was reaching out to see if anybody there was, uh, oh my goodness. I was reaching out to see if maybe there was a possibility you would be interested in featuring my life with my children on a show to really show what what becoming a teen mom can do if you are not fortunate. Well, can I just step in and say, like, from the little I've seen of teen mom, it's not like the Trump kids are getting <laughs> no, pregnant. I, I, mean, I get so many of these, but read, she's on, she's right. on food stamps. and yeah. uh, I live in Section 8 housing, and I receive food stamps this past Monday. Uh, was the first time to, to my be, children. To be fair, the you guys tell me if I'm right about this, but that Teen Mum show, the British show, seems yes. to be one that's really showing folks that are struggling. Is am I am oh. I right about that? Yeah, I agree. Honestly, I think I think when the show first started, I think it, that was a, that was a case uh, when it first kind of for premiered. all you guys, for all you guys. Now uh, we're all 26 think, and we've created businesses. And and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the show honestly blew up. I mean, we we were the original. We had no idea this was gonna turn into this when we first did it we thought it was going to be like true life i'm 16 and pregnant and they didn't it. even know what it was going to be yet right so yeah hey any contact with anybody else you said you're in contact with uh with amber and she's doing great lately how about uh, macy and all that stuff with ryan any any updates um well no i know i talked to macy when ryan first went to treatment and stuff um which was awesome but we i like ty and i we always keep in contact with yeah. macy and taylor and amber um, is she is, Ma- is Macy better off with uh, I forget her name the Ryan's uh, fiance or wife? Hmm? Who Mackenzie? Mackenzie. I'm not sure really. Okay. I don't ever like ask Dang too much. Too yeah. much. I'm just like, hey girl, what's up? How you been? How are the kids? Cool. You know that type of thing. But um, yeah, like we are all super close. We love each other. We love to hang out and have a good time with each other, and Farrah? we're just friends. I like how Drew just breaks right to it, Farah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, nobody really talks to her. I don't think anyone likes I just saw her naked in in Vegas recently. Sweet. She she wasn't wearing much. Yeah, but that was in your suite, which is the weird (laughs) part. I don't know why she was. Don't you guys feel bad for some of the stuff the fair gets into that she pulls down on herself? I I do. I feel bad for everyone. I feel bad. People got on my case because I said I felt bad for Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. You know, I was like, obviously, I don't feel bad as bad as I feel for the victims. Yeah. But it's it's incredibly sad. I mean, the guy had his... He had life by the balls. What an amazing story. He brought himself out of abject poverty with no father. He was this amazing talent. And then he goes off the rails and he had and he's committed story. suicide. I, I, I feel, of course I feel sorry for Farah. She's a human being. Yep. People act like she's Osama bin Laden. I mean, it's she's just 
She's a wacky broad, you know, but she's a human being, you know, let's, let's stop I think here. It's sad. I mean, I think it's sad that I think she may be a struggle with mental illness or something her whole life or something and yeah. has never sought treatment for it. I mean, but the thing is, is you can only feel bad for somebody for so long when they're so mean to everybody. Let me ask Tyler, Caitlin and Dr. Drew, you yeah. have are three people that are maybe the best to talk about this. I don't know what the answer is and I, I have my suspicions, but then I go back and forth on this. When it comes to the taboo of mental health, not not the actual effects and, and the, the treatment, stigma. The stigma. The, when it just did the stigma and your own personal kind of uh, resistance to dealing with it, does TV help or harm? TV meaning, <laughs> meaning being on TV trying to deal with mental health problems, are, is your own kind of resistance increased? Is your, the people around you, is their, their judgment of you, is it increased? Is, or wait, is wait, everything... wait, wait, wait. I don't get the question. So, so if you're on TV yes. and you have mental health issues... Does being on TV make things worse, better, or in between? Worse, better, in between, and and I don't mean just like the 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 actual treatment, like the the end result. Just I'm talking about it. like stigma. The average American has a baseline level of resistance and stigma yeah. to to mental health and mental health treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Does it help or hurt to be on TV while you're doing dealing with it, Caitlin? Uh, I would say for me in the beginning, uh, it was hard, and I would say probably hurtful, honestly. Um, but now that I've gone through it and it was all on TV and I've made it out like a better person, I would have to say that there was a benefit of me being so raw and vulnerable and actually showing it um, because I've actually helped a lot of people like through my Twitter feed and Facebook and all that stuff. I always see of like all these people are like, I'm so happy that you talk about mental illness like you do and you're bringing it out in a sense, you know, where teenagers can see it. Um, was it hard to talk about on TV? Absolutely. Did I want to? Not really. I was super standoffish and scared and gave me even more anxiety because I didn't want the whole world to judge me. But And it's also really hard when you're when they're when they're seeing symptoms for, you know, a year straight without any yeah. explanation. So they're and judging wow. me and on, those on those symptoms. On those behaviors, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's kinda So it is hard. Yeah. But I think when it it's better when it does end up being a successful story where it's like, look, you can get help. There is help out there. Just because you feel like your world is crumbling and life is over you can become better and healthier and there's a light down the yeah there's I, a light I, the I, I want to i want to make three points one is it's the real problem with stigma and mental illness is how people stigmatize the people who are having symptoms of mental sure. illness like caitlin was or like that sc professor was you know when people yeah. manifest behaviors and symptoms that's when you resist the stigma everybody not when people come out and say hey i'm better i've had treatment it's easy then it's when they're behaving ways that we don't like that or, or that are that are upsetting that's when you need to not stigmatize people number one uh, number two, essentially everybody that I've dealt with that had some sort of experience with mental health treatment on television, whatever the setting, whether it's Caitlin or Slubby Rehab, whatever it is, they all describe exactly what Caitlin is describing, which is – and then my third point is that treatment generally works. So yeah. they generally have a decent response. They all want to share it with the world and are grateful to have the opportunity to share it through television, which is a surprise to me. I didn't know everyone was going to feel that way, but that is something very, very commonly expressed. Hopefully that's helping the stigma. In the yeah, yeah, I hope exactly. But, I know uh, from the patients themselves, when at least in recover in addiction, I don't know about other kind of mental <laughs> health uh, issues. Uh, people who deal with addiction on TV almost always have a a better sense of uh, urgency when dealing with their recovery because they're given that yeah. evidence of like, oh my god, that's how I am. Right. 
seriously that's how i behave because and- i i even myself uh, I'll, I'll be fully honest i have this way like i think every human being does of making things much nicer in retrospect so when on. i look back on it it's like so, oh, i can put a little sunshine on that so, bad so hold boy. On. you mean you mean addicts minimize and deny are you kidding yeah but there's a difference between minimize so. I mean, minimize and deny is when i'm talking to you about it yeah. i'm talking about when i'm sitting on my couch thinking back about it i have a way of making introducing myself to a girl i had sex with 15 times i have a way of making that a lot nicer than it probably really was mm-hmm. i have a way of you know, lying directly to my parents' face and crashing cars. And I have a way of making that a lot easier in my head than yep. even... Now, if I had a nice VH1 camera on it, there's no getting around it. I was like, what? Really? I said that? Yeah. I did that? you got to be kidding me. I call that holding people accountability. Yeah, really. accountability. Yeah, he's yeah. right. That, that's what I think it is, Tyler, too. I think it's accountability. You still there? Yeah. <laughs> there you are. So, all right. I feel we- like they're like judges on those judge shows, like... I want to know what's going on below the nipple level because I I don't know. I feel like maybe they could be, they could be you know playing a little footsie, maybe even a little bit more a little more racy. Who knows? You don't know. I know the chihuahuas running around under there. Whatever's going on. Where's the peanut butter? Then? Outside. That's why I disappeared for a minute. <laughs> I see. Uh, I, I'm not. You know, I'm preoccupied by my. I, but again, to explain why I'm wearing sunglasses and newcomers on the Facebook po- Facebook uh, stream. Uh, I had eye surgery and I'm uncomfortable and I have to keep my eyes closed and it'd be too weird for me to just look at the camera with my eyes closed. So, so you have that. your wife, beautiful wife Susan, driving you around? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you, you pretty much can't see. Yeah. Who's well, more dangerous, a female driver or you right now? Me, me okay. for sure. All right. But, but I'll tell you. It's a toss-up. I'll tell you. She, answer. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Let me, let me tell you a little a quick sidebar. Is So she had me carry a big box of food here and she had to literally lead me by the arm. <laughs> And led me right into a curb, like directly into a curb. Did you trip and fall? I had it not just been time where the tips of my toes hit the curb, I would have flown in the air. But it just coincided. Just by sheer luck, I, I hit it just right. And I said, "Like this, a stare." I would have paid all my money yeah. to watch you yeah. fall and yeah. trip with holding. So them. she may be a better driver, but uh, not so much as a uh, blind leading the blind, shall yes. we say, or as a, as a, a guide? A guide, yes. <laughs> So, Susan, anything else on Facebook? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back over there. I I was just uh, texting our next guest to make sure that she doesn't call in in the middle of this. Which it might be kind of interesting. But, um, no, everybody's just very supportive. They want to say that, you know, oh, here's one. I don't I don't think Vera has mental issues. She's just spoiled rotten brat. Yeah, now, well, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm, that was from a, a licensed physician. I've right. met Farah, right. and right. I actually like Farah. Right. And she's a sweet person. Like yes. it's just, but you just see the no. blow when she blows up on the air. You don't get an hour. We we did a podcast with her. Yes, and she's very interesting. She's she's honestly behind closed doors. It's a whole different ball. Well, game. that's exactly I've had the, the luxury point. of interviewing her in person, and I I am also much like that person who just dropped bombs on Farah via Twitter. I am also not uh, trained in any way. I have no level of credibility, or I'm not qualified to make these claims because I'm I'm just a dude. But what I am is someone who, unlike these people on Twitter, has had a chance to look her in the eyes and have a conversation in real life. Yeah. And I will say this. There's definitely something beyond her own control going on. There is yeah. a, a, diso- a, diso- a dissociation. Right. There is some weird thing when, where when she you gets think there a- can be drugs and alcohol involved. Mm, no, 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 no. Not me personally. I just don't feel it. Okay. No. And addicts are pretty good usually of like, telling other addicts. Yeah. No, it, it's it, and people only see the escalation on yeah. TV. They don't see the Pharaoh that we kind of know as a person who is you know. Well, and- 
And Dr. Drew, nobody knows her childhood trauma either. Right. She's been she's been very circumspect about that. I too. wish she would open up and talk about it because then maybe a lot of people would actually understand where she's coming from and maybe I, I, I agree with you. We got her father's childhood trauma. Yeah, the dad had been. He was a cool cat. I yeah, enjoyed talking we, to that We guy, interviewed yeah. Michael, uh, guys. Hmm. And okay. he, he uh, what was he, was sexually abused as a kid? Was that what it was? Yeah. I forget. Yeah, he had sexual abuse. And, uh, yeah, and he had all kinds of feelings about that, and they create all kinds of behaviors. He's had some treatment since. And so he he really is, uh, you know, really trying to make a change. Yeah, well, that I mean, that's I'm, I'm glad that he uh, op- that he's starting to open up about his stuff. Uh, yeah. that's, I think that will help everyone kind of understand the, the dynamics they have uh, all with each other. Yeah, uh, that's right. When I was in treatment, when I was a young kid, that was a huge thing that they told me about my sexual abuse when I was a kid. That's what kind of manifested all my behaviors that I had mm-hmm. with authority figures. Uh, and, so it's, and it's something, honestly, I will say that I think uh, sexual abuse uh, among men is needs to be talked about more. And it's something that needs to be, um, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, because that's very, that's very, I mean, you're supposed to be a boy. You don't cry, you, right. you know. You, you you want uh, sexual advances without invitation all the time because you're a boy, and it's it's not true. It's it's it needs to be talked about more. So oh, it sounds like Tyler, something like what you had, Mike. It does, yeah. it does. Well, I, I you know I lost my virginity very young, and 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 Tyler, you're exactly right. And it's such a weird thing, especially in America. Uh, there, I I do encourage the idea, this traditional idea that. Look, men, men, boys are supposed to grow up to be men, and there is a certain level of grit and toughness and resiliency that I think we've kind of lost in this like wussy uh, generation. At the same time, that doesn't apply to identifying very serious problems, trauma, and then dealing with it appropriately. I think we confuse the two to mean like, oh, if you, well, a boy doesn't need to go see a therapist. A boy doesn't need to talk about his problems. He's got to be tough. It's like, no, a boy shouldn't cry when he skins his knee. Doesn't necessarily mean he shouldn't open up about getting raped as a ch- as a kid. I mean, there's there, it's a it's a huge cavern between the two. And, and Tyler, I don't know what the, Mike. Can I talk about your thing? Of course, yeah, yeah, I, I tell. I don't know your specifics, but Mike was like twelve, thirteen, and had a nineteen-year-old adult abuse him, and it was consensual. He, but at the he same thought, time, he saw it as yeah. consensual at the time, but knew something weird had happened and was ashamed of it. Yeah, see, mine wasn't consensual. I was about nine, and she was about fifteen. Yeah, so it's oh, a very, but it's similar. <gasps> it's similar, Man. yeah, it's similar, and then people don't talk about that one. And, well, because people think that boys are just gonna like it. Girls can yep. be scarred, but guys enjoy it. Well, yeah. not only that, not only that, the, the boy kind of thinks to himself that he he doesn't really put it in the sex, same category. My, I had to bring it out to Mike and go, Mike, that was sexual abuse. I was yeah. like, dude, they, what are you talking about? And it brought up a lot of stuff. Well, I, I my my animal side suspected that there was something wrong to the point that I was the horniest seventh grader <laughs> on the planet. All I thought about was sex. All I did was beat off every free moment I had. Yet when this happened. Instinctively, I knew something was wrong because I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody until I was like thirty. I was on the air at Loveline, and I told yeah. opened up about it. And Drew's like, "Oh, well, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, this is child abuse." I did not react. I said, "Dude, you got." I, yeah. I had to convince he doesn't you. Hear himself. I had to convince you. That's what it was. I actually got a lot of trouble in school for being hypersexual at a young age. Just yeah. kind of ha- because part, of that happening. It just part, yeah, I learned in therapy that that was a cause of it, and that's why you thought it was okay at your age, and other kids didn't, and yeah, I got trouble for it. So, yep. I totally agree Typical. that that uh, we should identify abuse and and deal with mental health issues with young men the same way we do with women and and it's a shame that we don't. I, I think Tyler brought up a very good point and it should be echoed again. Now, there is a difference when a, a hot teacher bangs a seventeen year old boy and bangs a seventeen year old girl. There is a difference. The, when, when, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> you know what you would because we hear so many unfortunately we hear so many of these stories like 30 yeah. year old teacher bangs three of her three of her male students at a high school now don't get me wrong that is not healthy that is not something i want to see happen but trust me those boys will be way better off than the disgusting 35 year old guy who bangs his high school female student 17 year olds yeah i mean trust me those guys all, all they'll those manage st- st- they they will not be as traumatized yeah however their outcomes are not no bueno there in terms of addiction, yeah. personality disorders, truancy, intimacy, behavior, trouble, yeah. intimacy, all of that gets affected. So, what's that, Caitlin? Like turning into like man whores, you know, just wanting it all the time. Yeah, no, it can happen, but but it's really more that they end up in trouble. They end up in real serious trouble. Uh, they want with, older women. They don't want their own age group. Well, They're here's another thing. Down. Here's another thing. What? I do think no, that I mean, we don't criminal give, stuff. We oh. don't give enough value on as far in negative value put enough at negative value on guys being man whores in that i definitely engaged in unhealthy sexual behavior as a single man because i could and everyone was just like well what what do you expect you're a young guy and if a girl bangs four different people in one night there there she's gonna get a talking to now I'm not saying that there's anything necessary that you could you're a grown adult you could do what you want to do. But people just pat me on the back. And I definitely almost all the time would wake up feeling relatively empty after those encounters and I knew that it only fueled my inability to have real intimacy, but I would do it anyway and pretty much everyone around me is like, "Dude, what a stud you are." You know? And and so I'm not saying like don't do it. I'm not saying I, I have the way to live life I have it penned down like I, I got it, the proper adult life. At the same time, I'm just saying there is something to being a man whore that isn't all that healthy. And it sh- if you're if you're that guy, maybe look into some like intimacy issues. That you oh, may have, yeah. You know what I'm and, saying? And, and we should be quicker to call things sexual addiction and sexual compulsion than we do. I, I, I'm not saying you have to get treatment. But, yeah. But look at those behaviors, you know, look at them as expressions of something at least. It is a it is a pisser, though, that in this country, the only times the only time a celebrity male will get treatment for sexual addiction is when his wife catches him cheating. Well, but that's, that's you know what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, oh, this is awfully convenient. Uh, well, you that's fucking what pe- asshole. That's what, that's what people say. Is that yeah. oh, that they're, they're just using it as an excuse, or had they not been caught? But that's the whole point. Had there not been consequences, there may not have been the motivation to get treatment. But yeah. be that as it may, guys, I really appreciate you spending time with us, Caitlin Tyler. I'll, Take my glasses off just for a minute here, the best I can. Oh, it's there so, he is. Oh, there he is. Hey, I can't keep my. Eyes I think your eyes are a different color. <laughs> what do you mean? Color to <laughs> like I've never, like I've never noticed those like like green highlights and stuff. Yeah, they're very green these days, right? I yeah, think it's I because that of the. That's really sexy weird. Eyes. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, am, I have a boner. You're I have a boner. Oh. Sexy eyes. Did I say that out loud? Uh-huh. Those but, are my eyes, though. You guys can't sorry. have them. Yeah, Susan's got. Yeah, they're yours. So, so what is the name of your clothing line again? Uh, Tierra Rain, uh, and uh, yeah, TierraRain.com, T-I-E-R-R-A-R-E-I-G-N. Uh, really cute handmade clothes in the USA for kids. Nice. And guys, I want to say thank you for joining us, but also moreover, what a privilege it's been to be with you during this journey. I mean, you guys have really been a joy to be around and a privilege to watch you navigate all you have done and uh you know, best on the new house and everything. I think it's going to be quite a quite a cool time there for you guys. 
Thanks, Dr. Drew. Maybe you'll just have to come out and we'll have to put you to work on the farm. I will. Sounds, sounds <laughs> oh, good to me. That's a reality show. But, but, <laughs> but trust me, it will be to do an intervention on Butch. So, hey, all right. Because uh, if he doesn't get it motivated, I'm going to come out there and smack his ass, get, get in there and drag him to the meeting. All right. Thanks for having us. All right, guys. Nice thank, to meet you guys. Thank you. And uh, you live, everybody. Uh, Go to doctor.com for all the other podcasts. Don't forget the people that support this show. We appreciate you uh, supporting them. They support us. And we keep doing these things. And, uh, Mike, thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. It really is. uh, We'll see everyone next time. Remember, you can find all these podcasts at drdrew.com. The Dr. Drew Podcast, the This Life Podcast, and the Adam and Drew Podcast, which is available five days a week. Find them all on iTunes and rate us five stars. Subscribe and get it first. And if you're really happy, click on the Amazon banner at drdrew.com to help support the show. We'll thank you for it. If you join the email list via drdrew.com slash contact, we'll send you a weekly infusion newsletter with Dr. Drew's news. We're so grateful when you get in touch. We read all your emails and we'll bring you the subject matter you want to hear about. You live.